Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Miss Jones here at Sunday School Special as your host and narrator, where biblical motivation leads towards spiritual dedication. Today's episode is our seventh reading, which is our Sunday School lesson. It is titled, Samson Against the Philistines, where the text will be coming from, lesson text, comes from Judges 15th chapter, 9th through the 20th verses. This lesson is for June 28, 2020. The Introduction Most people are familiar with Samson, the strong man of the Bible. In spite of some serious character flaws, Samson was nevertheless used by God. This should be encouraging to us all. However, our flaws should not be an excuse to fall short of our full potential, for we realize that there is always room for spiritual growth. As was generally true during this period of Bible history, Israel had again forsaken the Lord. Because God loved his people, chastisement was necessary to rescue them from their own wrong-headed choices. Several judges had issues related to their faith and obedience, and Samson was certainly one of them. Since five chapters of Judges are devoted to Samson, we know more about him than the others. He is, in fact, a cradle-to-the-grave story. That being so, we know about his failures as well as his successes, strong physically but weak spiritually. Samson was not a good role model for the most part, as he kept succumbing to various temptations. Exposition, verse by verse. Samson's plea for life. Coming from Judges, 15th chapter, 9th through the 13th verses. Then the Philistines went up and pitched in Judah, and spread themselves in Lehi. And the men of Judah said, Why are ye come up against us? And they answered, To bind Samson are we come up to do him as he hath done to us. Then three thousand men of Judah went to the top of the rock Etam, and said to Samson, Knowest thou not the Philistines are rulers over us? What is this thou hast done unto us? And he said unto them, As they did unto me, so have I done unto them. And they said unto him, We are come down to bind thee, that we may deliver thee into the hand of the Philistines. And Samson said unto them, Swear unto me, that ye will not fall upon me yourselves. And they spake unto him, saying, No, but we will bind thee fast, and deliver thee into their hand. But surely we will not kill thee. And they bound him with two new cords and brought him up from the rock. Attack At the beginning of the account in Judges concerning Samson, we learn that the Lord delivered Israel into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. Just as before, this was because Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord. But God had not forgotten his people. The angel of the Lord appeared to a barren woman and told her she would bear a son. Moreover, this child was to be a Nazarite from birth. He would begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. That deliverance would not be complete until the time of David. The child was given the name Samson, which perhaps means sun or sunshine, and God's spirit began to work in his life. In Judges, we see the spirit coming upon select individuals to enable them to deliver Israel. For the most part, the judges were military leaders. In Samson's case, he was more of a one-man army. 
By the time we get to this week's lesson text, Samson had already married a Philistine woman who was coerced into revealing the answer to a riddle Samson told at their wedding feast. This resulted in Samson seemingly abandoning his new bride, who was then given to his best man. Because Samson burned the standing grain of the Philistines, they murdered Samson's wife and father-in-law. Because of this, Samson brought about great slaughter upon the Philistines. It was sometime after this that the Philistines invaded the territory of Judah and raided Lehi, which means jawbone, and was so named because of events that were yet to occur in the narrative. One commenter referred to this incident as the punitive raid upon the Judahite city of Lehi in order to force the extradition of Samson from the subjugated Israelites. Approach Apparently, Judah had accepted the fact that the Philistines were their overlords. When they asked the Philistines why they had invaded their territory, the Philistines said it was because of the recent activities of Samson. Hence, they wanted to capture Samson and punish him for destroying their crops. That 3,000 men of Judah approached Samson indicates that they both feared and respected him. Their goal was to hand him over to the Philistines so they could avoid any consequences that might come upon them for harboring him. Their actions betrays the strange complacency with the status quo that made them willing to accept continued domination by the godless Philistines. They meekly handed Samson over to face almost certain death. The top of the rock Etam was not far from Samson's birthplace and may have been chosen by Samson because of its strategic location. From there, Samson could not only view potential attackers, but also defend himself against them. The Hebrew word for top can also be translated cliff or cave. Realizing that they were going to bear the brunt of the Philistine's wrath if he was not captured, the men of Judah came to Samson, asking him why he had put them in this situation. Samson answered by pointing out that he only did to the Philistines what they had done to him. There is a redeeming quality in the character of Samson in his sense of justice. While it was justice of the type eye for eye, tooth for tooth, in regard to the Philistines, Samson's would not permit the innocent tribe of Judah to suffer on his behalf. Vengeance rarely has an acceptable outcome. It usually just leads to more conflict. It is best to pay heed to what scripture says. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. There were, of course, times when the Lord actually commanded Israel to destroy their enemies. But under the new covenant, we are given no such directive. Assurance Making clear of their intentions, the men of Judah stated that they had come to Samson for the purpose of binding him and delivering him to the Philistines. No wonder they brought 3,000 men with them. Instead of seeing Samson as their deliverer, the men of Judah considered him a troublemaker. Samson did not want to fight his fellow Israelites or cause them further trouble. He did, however, make his countrymen assure him that if he allowed them to take him, they would not kill him. This he made them swear to binding them under a divine oath to keep their word. 
Whether the men of Judah ever had any intentions of harming Samson is not clear, but they did promise to deliver him safely to the Philistines. Their only concern was to eliminate any problems they were personally facing. Sadly, most people see things solely from their own personal perspective and make decisions based only on how those decisions directly affect them. The men of Judah bound Samson with two new, obviously strong ropes and brought him to where the Philistines were encamped. Clearly, they were hoping this act would placate the Philistines and they could then return some sort of peaceful coexistence with them. While it is true that we must try to live peacefully with others, we must refuse to compromise with the world and also strive to be separate from it. Samson's Power on Display Judges 15 chapter 14 through 17 verses And when he came unto Lehi, the Philistines shouted against him, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and the cords that were upon his arms became as flax that was burnt with fire, and his bands loose from off his hands. And he found a new jawbone of an ass, and put forth his hand, and took it, and slew a thousand men therewith. And Samson said, With the jawbone of an ass, heaps upon heaps, with the jaw of an ass has I slain a thousand men. And it came to pass, when he had made an end of speaking, that he cast away the jawbone out of his hand, and called that place Ramath-Lehi. And it came to pass, when he had made an end of speaking, that he cast away the jawbone out of his hand, and called that place Ramathlehi. Spirit Empowered When the Philistines saw that Samson was delivered into their hands, they raised a great shout because they had now captured their arch enemy. Their victory cry, however, was premature. That they had Samson in their clutches did not mean they were out of danger. Indeed, they were not. Typically, in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God descended upon people to empower them as the need warranted. The Old Testament does not discuss the permanent indwelling of the Spirit, as we see in the New Testament, but the Holy Spirit was still clearly working. The shouts of the Philistines were met with God's answer. The Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon Samson. In this case, the Spirit gave Samson supernatural strength, enabling him to break the new ropes as if they were burnt flax. The bonds holding him just melted away, which is the what which is what Hebrew term for loose literally means. The bonds holding him just melted away, which is what the Hebrew term for loose literally means. With his hands free, Samson quickly seized the fresh jawbone of a donkey. An old jawbone would likely have been quite brittle and not as effective. Wielding this unusual weapon, Samson was able to slay a thousand of his adversaries in short order. Under normal circumstances, no man with such a weapon could ever hope to kill a thousand men. Enabled by divine power, Samson was able to accomplish this feat. We wonder what the men of Judah thought as they watched their prisoner, their own brother, kill the invaders single-handed. Did any of them feel the urge to pick up the weapons of the slain Philistines and join in the battle? Success Enabled Being something of a poet, Samson affirmed his victory in poetic language in verse 16. 
The reference to heaps upon heaps refers to the dead bodies of the slain piled up after Samson's victory. Interestingly, though, the Hebrew word heaps is almost identical to the word for donkeys. Samson may have been making a play on words, saying that he had made donkeys of the Philistines. Carcasses of donkeys were usually thrown outside the city wall, and this kind of disgraceful burial had befallen the Philistines. While this incident is remembered relative to Samson's judgeship, he was not the first one to use an unusual weapon as a means to battle the enemy. Previously, Shamgar had defeated 600 Philistines with an ox goad. After making his victory speech, Samson cast aside his makeshift weapon of mass destruction. Because of the momentous events that occurred in this place, he named it Ramath Lehi, which could render Jawbone Hill. The men of Judah had a chance to follow up this victory and throw off Philistine domination, but they remained strangely inactive. Samson's Prayer for Water Judges 15th chapter 18th through the 20th verses And he was sore thirst and called on the Lord and said, Thou hast given this great deliverance into the hand of thy servant, and now shall I die for thirst and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised? But God clave in hollow place that was in the jaw, and there came water thereout. And when he had drunk, his spirit came again, and he revived. Wherefore he called the name thereof in Hakkaor, which is in Lehi unto this day. And he judged Israel in the days of the Philistines twenty years. Request One can imagine that after such a battle, Samson would be extremely thirsty. There was apparently no well or stream nearby, so Samson called upon the Lord to meet his immediate need. To be sure, calling upon God to meet our needs, physical or otherwise, is the proper thing to do, and he has promised to take care of us. In the case of Samson, though, he seems to have been inordinately consumed with his own needs. Like many of us, he wanted those needs met immediately. To his credit, Samson acknowledged that the victory given him was from the Lord. It was indeed a great deliverance. Also to his credit, it's the fact that he referred to himself as God's servant. That being said, we can conclude that Samson was not totally self-centered. Though many episodes in his life point to a fixation on his own desires rather than God's. It is unlikely that Samson actually was at the point of death because of thirst. Rather, he wanted the Lord to take pity on him, which he did. Samson also presented the possibility that in his weakened condition, he might even be captured by the uncircumcised. A reference to the Philistines who did not practice the sign of the Abrahamic covenant. Response As he had done for his people on other occasions, God miraculously provided water for Samson. That he clave in hollow place simply means that God opened up a place from which water flowed. Since Jaw was also the name of the place, Lehi, this could just mean that this miracle occurred there. Others, however, believed that the water came forth from the very place Samson had cast aside the Jaw Moan. Either way, God answered Samson's prayer immediately and miraculously. That prayer's 
are sometimes answered in this manner is evident, both from scripture and experience. It should be noted, however, that most prayers are answered providentially, not miraculously. As to immediate answers to prayer, most of us can testify to that occurrence as well. But we are also familiar with the agony of waiting for a particular prayer to be answered and possibly never having it answered, at least not in the way we had hoped. Also keep in mind that God's answer to prayer may be yes, no, or wait. Having received the life-giving water, Samson's spirit came again and he revived. While we can all identify with the value of water reviving our physical strength, the reference to his spirit is not quite as clear as this Hebrew word can also be translated wind or breath. Such a battle would have rendered Samson out of breath. That water continued to flow from the ground was attested to by the writer of Judges, whoever that may have been. Rabbinic tradition attributes the book to Samuel, although some think it was written sometime later. Either way, people could actually see the place where all of this occurred. The precise location of Lehi cannot be identified today. The name in Hakor means the spring of him who calls. As something of a summary statement, Samson is said to have judged Israel 20 years. Since the word judge is used by this book differently than we use it today, we should not read it into any kind of court scene, although Deborah, for one, did function in this manner. If anything, the judges were the agents of God's judgment, while some suggest the word led might be better than judged. There is probably no contemporary word that can completely describe the role of the judge. While some suggest the word led might be better than judged, there is probably no contemporary word that can completely describe the role of the judge at this time in Israel's history. That completes our reading for the lesson. Now we'll continue reading the golden text for this lesson, which comes from the 118th book of Psalms, 14th verse. The Lord is my strength and song and has become my salvation. Golden text illuminated. Our golden text for this week is not taken from the lesson text, but it is relevant. Samson was the epitome of one whose strength literally came from the Spirit of God, although he came up on the short end when we look at strength of character, especially in terms of self-control. One can sense a note of ambivalence from the writer of Judges when it comes to Samson's leadership. On the one hand, Samson was undoubtedly an admirable character from an earthly, secular standpoint, but on the other hand, his volatile temper and unbridled pursuit of physical gratification, which eventually led to his humiliation and enslavement by his enemies, is seen as an embarrassment to his office from a spiritual standpoint. People today tend to obsess about superheroes, and Samson is the closest thing we have in scripture to a superhero. That is why it is essential that we stress the seriousness of his character flaws as we study this text since they are sure to lead anyone who likewise indulges in them to a tragic end such as Samson suffered, only without the triumph that he achieved in his last victory over the Philistines. But let us turn from Samson and his dubious character to our actual golden text and its context. Although it mentions strength from the Lord, 
Physical strength and prowess are the least relevant kinds of strength referred to here. The strength being extolled by the psalmist is that of spiritual courage and faithfulness to the service of Almighty God. The song referred to has nothing to do with riddles about lions and honeycombs designed to trick one's enemies out of their riches, as in Samson's case. Rather, it is a spiritual song that extols the Lord and his divine attributes, his perfect love and goodness, his gracious generosity and forgiveness, and his incomparable grace and salvation, especially in the sacrifice of his beloved Son, Jesus Christ, for our sins. For Christians, this is the rightful application of our golden text for this week. The Lord is our strength. We are the Lord is our strength when we are at our weakest and most helpless, when we reach out to him with fervent prayers. The Lord is our song when our circumstances are dark and threatening. We can sing praises to him even in our distress, for we can be confident in our God to take up our pleas and give us the ultimate victory. Paul and his companions sang praises during their imprisonment, and an earthquake freed them. Paul and his companions sang praises during their imprisonment, and an earthquake freed them. Why can't we sing to the Lord? Because he alone has become our salvation. No matter who or what we must face in this fallen, cruel, and sinful world, and no matter how hopeless the odds of our triumph seem, we can persevere in the certain hope that our ultimate victory is assured. We can persevere in the certain hope that our ultimate victory is assured in the victory of God's Son, Jesus Christ, over Satan, sin, and death. Is the Lord your strength today? Is he your reason for singing? If not, perhaps it is because you have not yet trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior in sincere repentance and faith. If he is your strength and salvation today, sing praises to his glory. This will complete our reading for our Sunday School lesson titled, Samson Against the Philistines. Lesson text, Judges, 15th chapter, 9th through the 20th verses, with the golden text coming from the book of Psalms, 118, verse 14. If there are any reading requests, comments, questions, or concerns, please email them at sundayschoolspecial at gmail.com. I'll be happy to answer your questions and comments and concerns in our next bonus episode. Thank you again for attending the Sunday School lesson, and please invite others to join in listening as well. And even though you may not have time to read, it is awesome that you can listen to these episodes while driving, while sitting, or while doing some type of work, and you're still getting in the Word of God. Let us not be spiritually starved. Our next lesson will be July 5th, titled Samson's Final Victory, coming from Judges 16th chapter, 21st to the 31st verses. So as you know, look forward to those daily readings coming up in our next episode. I'm your host and narrator for Sunday School Special, where biblical motivation leads towards spiritual dedication. God bless.